Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Amy Epton. She's from Seattle, Washington in the United States. Welcome, Amy. Glad to have you around with me today. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. Nice. So let's start. uh, Tell our listeners either what's your work or what's your business so they get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so my work, I work in digital marketing. I work with AdWords, which is Google's um, pay-per-click, you know, advertising model. Um, So it's a way to show up on the search engine results page when someone's doing a search and it's just, it's a paid ad. And I've actually been doing that for about 14 years now. So I have, yeah, it's been, it's been a while. (laughs) So I I manage this for, uh, you know, for clients, we'll do, we'll manage their AdWords or I also train and coach people like if they're digital marketers or they're entrepreneurs, maybe don't want to hire a marketing manager, I'll help them get results themselves. And so uh, just, I, I was telling you earlier, uh, in November, I launched my own agency, you know, along with my husband, it's called yeah. Paid Search Magic. And it's just, it's an AdWords agency for that purpose. Good. So you really made the move from being in-house to starting your own business with this. That's really nice. And yeah. congratulations, because making the move is the big first step. <laughs> it is. Well, thank you. So let's start with my first question, which is, would you consider yourself being shy or outspoken? Sometimes people laugh a little bit at this, but I realize that it helps our listeners figure out where the, piece, the people are coming from. Yeah, I definitely fall into the shy camp. You know, it's not that it's not that I have nothing to say. And when I'm in a group of people where I know them, I, I can certainly be outspoken. But for the most part, if I don't know people already and don't have that connection, I tend to be more reserved in what I share about myself or my thoughts. I tend okay. to not not be as vocal about that. <laughs> well, and you know what? It shows that we can be very shy or very outspoken. We don't need to be either just an outspoken person to do public speaking per se. Definitely. Yeah. And by the way, when was the first time that you were asked to speak in public? So within my church, uh, within like the, the children's group, we started out just, you know, by the, if you could get up in front of a microphone, you had a, a turn to speak. And so, you know, I, my dad would videotape, my practice talks. And so I don't even remember because I was too young to even remember this. I've gone back and seen videos of where I'm reading a talk that I had written. And so it's just something that I kind of grew up with the idea that sometimes it's your turn and you get up and you know, you get up, you get behind the microphone and you share something and then it's not your turn anymore. And so I was just, it's always been very natural. I know some people have like the one moment, you know, when they were in high school or college or after, but for me is, you know, honestly, before I can remember. But that's a very first interesting experience because that means you probably didn't have that very big fear since your dad made it part of your life finally, did he? 
Yeah, no, it was, it was not something that was fearful because it was just, it was just, it was normalized, you know, wow. because you saw everyone else take their turn and you took a turn. And once every couple of months, you had a turn to get up there and share something. And it was, it was very normal. So it, it wasn't something I ever had fright about, even if, you know, as I got older and the crowds got bigger, I would maybe be scared. But the whole idea of, hey, now it's my turn to have the microphone was never, never new to me. Oh, I like that. It's my turn to have the microphone. How interesting. I guess more parents should try to do that with their kids. It would make everyone's lives easier later on. (laughs) Right. And I do remember we got candy bars as a treat, you know, as an incentive for doing a good job. So it like gave me the extra push to really, to (laughs) always be willing to volunteer and take on the assignment to give a little talk. Oh, that's cool. But I can see that it does make a difference. So that's a very interesting way to introduce our kids to do so. And since it was a pretty good experience, did you, as a matter of fact, had maybe a challenging experience afterwards or maybe something you remember, oh, that was bad and I'm not pretty sure I want to remember that one. (laughs) Yes, I definitely have my horror moment (laughs) of speaking. Um, So what had happened? It was like the end of the year and I was asked to basically give a tribute talk um, about someone. And this is to be honest, it was a person I didn't have a lot of respect for. I didn't have a lot of great things to say about him, but I didn't feel like I could say no to it. And so I felt really stuck. Like I didn't know how to prepare this talk where I would be saying all these amazing things about someone. I just had nothing to say. So literally this was my plan. I thought I will just not prepare. And so then if nothing comes to my head, then it'll look like I forgot and not, I had nothing to say. This is a bad idea. I do not recommend that anyone do this, but so I got up there without any sort of plan and like in my head, it was just kind of okay to not very good. But like afterwards, people were coming up to me and be like, oh yeah, I know you, you made all those mistakes in your talk or you did like, apparently I had closed my talk and then yelled like, wait, I have something else I wanted to say. Like I, I I must've just completely blocked it out. And you know, everyone had a lot of good humor about it, but it is it is not something I, I wish to repeat for sure. I guess so. But you know what? However bad a situation is, I'm sure you probably learned something from it. What do you, what's your key takeaway from that experience? Uh, so a few years after I gave this talk, I heard someone say about speaking, they said, unless you're a bird, don't wing it. And oh, I thought yeah. that is me. I do not have the capacity to just get up there and riff and expect it to go really well. Like it is disrespectful to the audience. It is disrespectful to the people who asked me to show up to not come prepared, which doesn't mean I have to have a memorized script or I have to read a talk, but it means I have to be considerate of the audience and prepare my remarks, you know, and also make sure that I can speak within the time that's allotted, like just to go through the mechanics of that before I ever would get on stage to do something like that. Oh, that's such an important point you're making. I totally agree because the word respect is, should be present whenever we're presenting or preparing a talk because as you say, we have to respect the people in front of us and that goes in many ways, respecting the time and the value we deliver. And that's a very important point you're making there. And yeah, you had that bad memory, but what's your greatest memory? Because I'm sure you probably have one. Sometimes we have something that sticks out a little bit more. Yeah. So there was a a few years ago, I gave my first like large industry talk 
And um, I, I, I basically was pretty open and vulnerable with the audience. Like I was willing to admit like, Hey, you know, I've been in the industry for over a decade, but I haven't experienced this kind of platform before. And I think because of that, because I kind of showed my cards a little bit, people were very receptive and very warm in their comments afterwards in their Q and a, like they just wanted to make sure that I felt, you know, welcome and, and like they were glad I was there. So there, there's definitely that extra boost to you know, that moral support that you give oh, to someone yeah. who's just starting out. But you know, overall, it was just really well received, and I had put a lot of work into it, and I think it it really paid off, and people got a lot of insights from it. And I just felt so good about it. Like all that effort that I did actually mattered and made a difference for people. So I really enjoyed that. Oh, good for you. That's a very nice story, and <laughs> realizing that being authentic is what catches people's attention and they were already rooting for you even though you probably felt a little bit uh scared and stressed inside that must have been a very strong feeling afterwards to see how receptive they were to your message yeah definitely and speaking of big crowds usually that brings our little self-consciousness that we're always wondering what will we wear what would be your wardrobe tip that you would give to women that want to speak well you know i know everyone's different and i probably fall into the more casual camp i know some people are present themselves much more professionally than i do so this isn't <laughs> This isn't for everyone, but if you are someone like me who tends to fidget, who tends to be a little bit nervous and maybe quirky and, you know, and not just show up completely professional, I, I would say wear something that's comfortable. Like I won't wear heels because I've, I've been in heels when my legs were shaking. It is not something I want to repeat. <laughs> And, you know, if I'm wearing something I have to like be tugging down or pulling up, like I will fidget naturally with my clothes and I don't want to be doing that. So I just want to wear something that it's just going to be on me and it'll be okay. And I could just focus on the delivery and not are my clothes doing what I want them to or not. So oh, yeah, being as a- comfortable as possible for me is my main tip to it's probably the smartest step that we can have because you're right. If we're self-conscious or focusing on wardrobe uh, and clothes, it doesn't make us focus on the message and the value. So it's, there's really no point in putting ourselves in that situation. Right. And finally, what would be your one greatest tip that would empower women to take this stage more confidently? You know, I have given this idea some thought, and this morning I had a different thought. So I want to share my my brand new thought with you because oh, I think that's great. Yeah, I think this is important, and it goes back to something we were just talking about, which is you know the audience being being able to root for you and to show up authentically. I think especially as women, sometimes we are, you know, if we're on the stage, we feel like we have to prove why we're there, or we have to kind of give ourselves a lot of authority and credibility and like reasons that people should take us seriously. And what ends up happening, there's already a power differential if we're on stage because the spotlight's on us. Everyone else is sitting down in the audience with their paper, taking notes. Like it's not a dialogue. It's not a conversation. It's just them listening to us. We need to give them ways of connecting to us. And so I want to call that being vulnerable. I don't mean being vulnerable, like tripping and crying and intentionally making yourself people take you less seriously, but give them an opening to connect with you because they, they want to be able to cheer you on. But if you're up there, like looking down on people and telling them about how great you are without giving them that chance to connect, that connection won't be as strong. And they, and I mean, that's kind of the definition of posturing. If we care more about how we look and come across than how other people, 
how other people feel, right? And so being willing to be authentic and our true selves and like let people in with those stories about us, that can really lend itself to confidence. Because I don't know how you can be confident if you're also posturing because then you're going to have imposter syndrome and you're not going to be able to do as well because you're just concerned about how you look instead of your audience's needs. You're right. And I call it the human uh, the human factor that we bring in to our talk, because if we seem to be like a real human being, yeah, we're, we have our flaws and we're not perfect. That makes us more relatable to the audience, which is a way better way to have an impact on them. Definitely. Yeah. So I do thank you very much. That was a really inspiring conversation because you shared so many tips. I'm sure all the listeners will be enjoying and being able to get value out of them to put them in practice on, for either their next opportunity or at least take the plunge and try to do public speaking themselves. Absolutely. Well, it's my pleasure. So I thank you very much, Amy, and we'll be sharing with our listeners also your links so they'll be able to follow you on the web. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking. 